Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Sound good? If you've got your Bibles, you can open with me to Isaiah chapter 30. Turn there. I'm going to be reading from. I'm going to be reading verse 18 today, and I'm excited to preach the word today. I believe this is a word that's going to help you. So why don't you decide right now, in your heart, to let it help you? Let God's words, not my words. It's the word of the Lord, and that's the power of it. And I uh, just want to encourage you if you come to church thinking this is just a moment where you don't participate you're sorely mistaken. This is the part where you do participate because you receive what God wants to say. And I just would invite you. It's one of the most powerful things that I discovered going to church was that I would sit in the seat and that God would speak to me directly, individually, personally. And so I would encourage you to have that kind of faith as well. Online as well, no matter what you're doing. If you are eating pancakes, just put in the chat, tell us what you're putting on the pancakes We'd love to know as you turn to Isaiah. Here we go. Isaiah 13 verse 18 says, Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. I want to read that again. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are all those who wait on him. Let's pray over the word today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we're grateful today to be under the word of God. Lord, we're just thankful this morning. God, just in this moment that we're not directionalist people, that we don't wander around not knowing how to live or what to do, but you've outlined it for us. And it's not just a book, it's living, it's breathing it. As we read it, it reads us. So Holy Spirit, would you show us new things? Would you um, reveal more of our amazing Heavenly Father to us? As we study the Word, as we look to it, as we're reminded of some things today. Um, And Father, would you equip us today with your Word? Would you give us things that we can take away that we can use, that can be that living, breathing, active part of our lives. We thank you for your word today, Lord. We pray for Colonial Kids as well, that they would also get to experience the goodness of you in church today. And we all said. Quick little recap. Last two weeks have been kind of a vision message. Vision Sunday, obviously, but then last week, if you weren't in church last week, that's between you and the Lord. But no, seriously, if you weren't in church last week, I really, 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 really want you to watch that message. Uh, Listen to it on the podcast, whatever it takes to get it, because it was about spiritual warfare and it's about the battles we face. Vision costs something. Godly vision, taking the kingdom of God forward is going to take us to understand that there's a cost involved. So last week, I talked about that, talked about spiritual warfare. I had feedback last week 
actually from many people who said that they'd never heard a message like that before in a church. Spiritual warfare is real. Would love for you to catch that message. But I've been sort of there for a couple of weeks, vision, whatnot. But before that, I really felt like the Lord put on my heart to talk about his nature, to, 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 to preach from the word of God his character, his attributes. And we've been talking about some of those. So I started with the faithful God, talking about God's faithfulness in our lives, his steadfastness, his continuation in our lives of him being uh, faithful to us, that he doesn't change who he is. His nature doesn't change. And then I talked about his kindness, the kind God, how God is a kind God. But today, if you want a title, this is a title today, The Gracious God. The Gracious God. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered how many chances God gives out? I mean, seriously, though, what's God's policy on screw-ups? Is it a three strikes out kind of deal, kind of policy? Is it a, does God sit up in heaven with a chalkboard, with a piece of chalk, watching your life, just putting down marks one after the other because of the things that you do wrong? I mean, what, what does the word say about the way God looks at the chances? The second, I mean, do, does God's second chances never run out? Does he keep giving them? Today, I want to look at what it means to understand God's grace. I want to talk about the gracious God we have to maybe shine a light for you, maybe for the first time, or maybe this is the thousandth time you've heard a message like this, but I think it's a good time, any time is a good time to talk about the grace of God, to shine a light on that part of his nature. What is grace? And I mean, you could go down a deep, dark hole of theology when it comes to this topic. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there. There's, there's, you know, there's lots of stuff. There's, it's, it's amazing how you can study it. And I want to encourage you to study the Word of God. Go away and study it. But I just wanted for us today to put it down to something very simple when it comes to God's grace. What is God's grace? Well, it's simply His favor. And it's favor that no one deserves. That's God's grace. If you want to boil it down to one thing, to one kind of idea, to one sort of area, I suppose, to understand it, is that it's his favor that we didn't deserve, that no one has earned. And it's totally undeserving, and it's God's choice. God chooses to be gracious, but I want to encourage you to understand today that it's actually who he is. It's his nature. It comes from who he is. We've got to be very careful when we approach God not to focus on what God does. What God does flows from who God is. We need to set our sights and our faith eyes and our heart and our spirit and our soul on who God is. And then from that place, we see what he does. But grace, his favor, is all through Scripture. When I was studying and preparing for this message, which I, I do, I spend days preparing the message in, in any given week for Sunday. There were literally hundreds and hundreds of Scriptures I could have used for this message because grace is flooded through the Scriptures. And it's not just a New Testament thing. We can see it as, as early as Genesis, the favor and the grace of God. But I'll show you a few, a few verses. You might want to write these references down. Exodus 34. Verse 6 says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, 
are merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is merciful and he's gracious and he's slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Romans 5 and verse 15, look at this. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, look at this, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Ephesians 2 and verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Look at this, by grace, God's grace, his nature, you have been saved. And then John chapter 1 verse 16 says, for from the fullness we have all received grace upon grace. There's an insight, there's an understanding maybe about what grace actually is, is grace isn't just um, meeting the mark, it's always going further than the mark. See, grace is, God's grace is overflowing. Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Point number one this morning, if you're taking notes, write this down. God is gracious. It might sound basic, but it's true. And sometimes in our lives and in our faith, we need to be in church and reminded of some basic things and don't lose sight of some very important things. God is gracious. And I really pray that if you haven't heard this before or maybe you've wrestled with this before, I pray that this would be a clarifying day for you, a moment, a line in the sand spiritually where you step over and you no longer see God as as that, but you see God as gracious. Because it's his nature, it's who he is, it's his character. He wanted to be known as a God of grace. We sometimes think of grace as like a New Testament thing. And yes, it is. And we have, man, an amazing revelation and the gifts of grace and and, and the Holy Spirit ushering grace into our lives all the time. But God has always been a gracious God. God's grace has always been on his people. It's always been for his people. It's always been working in the lives of people. I'll show you one example. Jeremiah 31 and verse 2. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness when Israel sought for rest. This tells us that even in the tough times, even in the times where you actually weren't a believer, that we all stumbled in the dark and found grace in the wilderness. That we were going through our lives. I look back on the times, the time in my life where I wasn't a Christian. What was actually happening was I was stumbling in the dark, but I found grace. So that's the way grace works. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how far reaching into the wilderness you get. Come on, somebody. God's grace will find you there. God is gracious. It's who he is. And we see it in the scriptures. We see it all through. Jesus told story after story. He told told parables, which are these, you know, pictures and, 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 and beautiful stories. And he didn't tell stories because he just liked to tell stories. He was telling stories because he wanted people to understand God. He wanted people to see and get a revelation of what the kingdom of God was like. So that everyday ordinary people like you and I would get a glimpse of how good God is. 
that you and I would see the nature of the Father. And I want to encourage you to study the Gospels and to, and to see it. But think about this. I'll give you just a few examples. The prodigal son in Luke 15. Him returning to his father's house isn't so much about the screw up or the mess up of the son, but it's actually about the graciousness of the father. And Jesus told that story so that we would see ourselves in the story and see ourselves as having a father that was gracious. It's a story of grace, the story of the lost sheep, God and the one and the 99. He goes after the one, Luke 15, verse 3. So he told this parable, what man of you, uh, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country. You've got to see this. This is grace. And go after the one that is lost until he finds it. In other words, God won't stop going after you. His grace will not stop going for you. And when he has found it, he punches you in the face. <laughs> he punishes you. He puts another mark on your life. and He gets the rule book out and he says, well, this is where you messed up. That's not what it says. <laughs> it says when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. He gets down low to your level of the, the, the struggle and the, and, the, and, the, and the mess and, the, and the, 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 the bad situation. And he says, come here. Let's go home. This is an awesome day. You're coming home. And when he comes home, he calls together all his friends and his neighbors. He gets everyone involved and he says, rejoice with me for I've found my sheep that was lost. That is the story of grace. But here's the point. God is gracious. It's just another story that we see in the scriptures defining who God is. His immeasurable grace. If he was God of works, you wouldn't want to go near him. You wouldn't want to pray. You wouldn't want to spend time in his presence if he was a God of works. But if he was a God of grace, you'd be compelled. You'd be attracted. You'd be drawn in. This is why you've got to get a revelation of God's grace because it'll draw you in forever. So number one, God is gracious. Number two, God will always be gracious. You ever wondered if God's grace runs out? You know, my dad was a patient man. I mean, with me and my brother, he needed to be. <laughs> but he was a patient man. I remember just there were just the, the extent of his patience. I just remember being like, man, God, like this is amazing. Dad's not angry. I'm just like, this is, and we've done all this stuff and we've messed up and we've torn the house up and. You know, we've broken all of his stuff and, and he's still... And I remember just him being a patient man, but I always remember there was a point. <laughs> Come on. Dads, sons. There was a point. And the point just, you would reach the point and then that was it. It was, it was over and you felt the lack of grace in that time as a child. And I was reminded of this just the other day. I was outside trying to read a book on the porch and my son Charlie came out and Charlie is like, he always wants to throw the football. He wants to skateboard. He wants, right now he's doing this thing where, you know, I shouldn't have done it, but I made him a jump to ride his bike off. And now it's just like every jump has to be bigger. Every jump has to be higher. Every jump, it's like, 
I can see a leg being broken. And, but, you know, this is what dads do for their sons. And so anyway, I'm out there. He's just, he's just, he's all about the stuff and the sport and he just loves. And anyway, so I'm trying to read this book. I'm so engaged in this book. I'm, I'm just loving it. And Charlie comes out with the basketball. And I wanted to show you what, what was happening. He, he, he comes out with the basketball. And he's like, Dad, watch me, watch me dribble. Watch, watch me, watch my new skills. And I was like, okay. And I'm, I'm reading the book and I look for a moment. He's just like, he's like this. And I'm like, it's great, bud. It's awesome. So good. And I go back to my book. And this is all I hear. Right by my head as I'm trying to read a book. And I tried, church, I tried my hardest <laughs> to be patient, to be gracious. And I kept, I just, I, I, I was really proud of myself. I kept going for a, even a little bit longer because you know, you know what it's like when you feel stretched and you're like, no, 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 like God, you, this, is, this is, you're challenging me. You want me to just go the extra mile. So I, I, I kept going the extra mile, but it just kept coming right there as I'm reading word by word. And I just said, Charlie! Can you go over there? But my patience ran out. I just couldn't take it anymore. But you know, God's not like that. We have a, we have a, a breaking point. We in our fallen sin nature, the way that, that we come into the world, we have that limitation. That's why it's important not to you know, you should praise God for your dad, the good that, 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 that came through your dad and your parents, but you've got to understand that, that God has told us who he is. This is where we get it. We don't get it from our parents. We, we get it from the scriptures. But his patience doesn't run out. His grace doesn't run out. Let me read Psalm 30 and verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor, his grace, is for a lifetime. There's no end to the grace of God. But let me ask you this, does that mean that you can always depend on it? And why is it that some people abuse his forgiving nature? I mean, have you, have you experienced that in your journey of being around someone? It's just like you, you're, you're bowled over by grace, but it's like they don't even care about it. And it's just like, you know, they, they live the way they want to live and they do what they want to do. And have you ever wondered this? If he will always be gracious, then why don't I just do what I want? Because I can always come back to him, right? Well, you can. But if you live like that, you've missed the point. And I believe you haven't had a revelation of grace yet. I'd love if you could write this down. I pray that if you can get this, this will be a game changer. When you get a revelation of God's grace, you don't abuse it, you treasure it. And you don't have to worry anymore about abusing grace because you've realized the treasure that is the grace of God. When you line your life up against the tsunami of God's grace and you completely are overcome by the grace of God in your own life and you see it with your own eyes, in other words, your heart, your faith eyes see the grace of God, it changes your life forever. And you no longer think, man, I can just do what I want. You start thinking, man, I have grace. 
I, can't, I, cannot be, I cannot help but to live with grace in mind. Grace blows you away. It doesn't push you away to God, from God. See, the people of God, they found grace in the wilderness. He was still providing grace for them in their rebellion. But I believe we can get a glimpse of it. Reminds me of two of the smallest parables that Jesus talked about. Matthew 13, verse 44 and 46. Let me show it to you. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's grace. You stumble through your life. You try to do things your own way. You try, to, you, try to, you try to be your own grace. You try to be your own God. You try to come up with your own answers. You try to figure it out in your own mind and you stumble in the dark for long enough. And then all of a sudden it's like, what is this? Whoa, nobody told me about this. I didn't know this was out there. You start to dig it up a little and you start to realize what it is. And it's like, oh my goodness. This is the greatest single thing I've ever come across in my whole life. This changes everything. My soul has gone from being dead to now being alive. I have the Spirit of God living in me. All of a sudden, it's God's grace. And now my life is different. I've changed. And that's why Jesus tells his story. He's just like one man comes along, finds that treasure, covers it up. Everything he puts on the line for that grace. He tells a story. This is grace. And then verse 40, 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. God will always be gracious to us in Jesus Christ. How can we operate in, and receive the grace of God in our lives? I just wrote a few things down. How can, we, how can we receive the grace, then operate in the grace that he's given us? First of all, we've got to recognize the grace. Look for it in your life. Understand that it's there working somewhere. The enemy is really good at distracting you. Grace is over here and the enemy gets in. And he's just like doing this. He's like, don't look, don't look. Don't look at the grace of God. Don't look at the grace of God working. Just, just stay, stay, look down there in the dark. But what we've got to do is we've got to recognize the grace. I've been challenging us as we've been looking at the attributes of God. I want to challenge you this week again Look around your life and see where His grace is already there. Look where it is and recognize it. And I pray that in that moment, you'll give God praise for it. Talk about a gratitude journal. Go get the gratitude journal and start looking for the grace and be grateful for it. We've got to recognize His grace and then we've got to operate in His grace. You'll notice that if you, once you see where His grace is working and then that's where you gravitate towards and you start to operate in it and you start to, to, to realize that that's where God's grace is in my life and that's where I need to be and that's how you work out where the will of God is for your life. You look for where the grace is on your life. See, there's a many, I could go out there and I could do all kinds of things. You know what, tomorrow I could go and start a construction company. I mean, I know how to use a hammer. But let me ask you this. Is, is God's grace on that? Or is God's grace on what I'm doing right now? See, when we recognize the grace, we realize that's where He's called us to be, to build that part of our lives, to, to focus on that part. I tell you right now, you look a little bit closer, you'll see His anointing all over it. 
you'll see the Holy Spirit trying to usher you towards it. We're going to operate in His grace and then we've got to use His grace. We've got to steward it. We've got to show the grace of God. This is the mandate on our church. As we reach neighborhoods and streets and a county and a land for Jesus. First Peter 4 and verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Look at this. As God's steward, sorry, as, as good stewards of God's varied grace. See, there's a grace on your life that's different to the grace that's on my life. What you're good at, a grace is often attached to our gifting. What you're good at, the grace that's on you, is different from the grace that's on me. That's why I need you and you need me. And while we all are in this together, as we have that perspective, as we have that, have that, have that view, we can realize, man, this is, the church is just one beautiful mosaic of God's grace shining light through all the broken pieces, all the different broken people. And all of a sudden you put it all together and the very grace of God making the church of the Lord Jesus Christ beautiful. We're going to operate in, we're going to extend the grace. I pray that you would be a grace extender in your workplace. I pray that this week you would be an extender of grace to someone that maybe just is a little bit lost or maybe you've encountered someone in your life and it's just like you don't get along with them well. Can I just encourage you? Use grace. Be gracious. You watch the way the Holy Spirit puts wind in that conversation because you've decided to be a person of grace. We can treasure His grace, which I talked about before. I pray we never grow familiar with the grace that's on us and working through us. I never want to grow familiar with the grace that God has given this church. He's given, he's given us a grace to lead people in worship. He's given us a grace to be strategically positioned in the community. He's given us a grace. And I want to never grow familiar. I never want to forget about the grace of God. And that's a word for someone here today. You've forgotten about God's grace. And you've started to work and you've started to keep tally and you've started to try to figure that stuff out on your own. But you need to remember, wow, God's grace is here. And it's working in my life. So God is gracious. He'll always be gracious. But then I want you to think about this. Point three is this. Jesus is God's grace to us. Jesus is God's grace to us. Did you know that Jesus Christ, born, crucified, raised, now seated, now living in your heart, is God's grace to you? Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Moses found favor with God as well. But do you know that you can also find it? And let me tell you what finding grace looks like, meeting Jesus. When Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem, God was setting his face towards you. When Jesus set his face to, towards where he would go and he would be crucified and he would, he would go through the pain and the punishment and, and give up the sacrifice, when he set his face towards Jerusalem, God turned his face towards us. That's grace. He turned his face away from his son towards the people that did not even know that they would get that grace in the time that comes ahead, which is what we're living in right now. Can I just encourage you? Jesus is the prophetic fulfillment of the grace of God seen in the person of Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. God's grace 
with us. Jesus, he's our example of the commitment of God through his nature to reach us, to find us, to get his grace to us. That's how much God wanted you and me to be a part of his family. He gave up what he had so that the grace from his heart could come to us. Grace we never deserved. Grace that is his favour that was prophesied a long time ago. You ever read the Old Testament and thought to yourself, that looks like Jesus? Has that ever happened to you? The verse we read off the top, Isaiah 30 and verse 18, let me show you verse 19. It says, For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. That sounds like a personal relationship with Jesus. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or to the left, the world has seen the goodness of God and Jesus has come to the earth and declared, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's God's grace that's come. And we can have Him today and every day going forward in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Team's gonna come up. I just want us to take a moment as we get ready to sing, like we do every single week. But I just want us to dwell on the grace of God in our lives. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, I want you to do this. I want you to think about the grace of God. Do you remember when you first experienced it? Maybe it was through a person. Maybe it was through a leader. Maybe it was through a message like this. And when did it come into your life? And then I want you to think about and dwell on where you've seen it. Even right now. Maybe you see a grace on your work. That's God. Maybe you see a grace on your relationship in your marriage. That's God. Maybe you see it in a new, new friendship that you've developed. Maybe in an opportunity that's just... It just really shouldn't have come your way, but God's brought it into your world. Can I just encourage you? That's His grace working in your life. And as we pray, as we sing, I just pray that we would just dwell all over again on His nature. And remember who He is. God, I just thank You for Your grace right now. Lord, we look to it. We thank You for it. And we, we realize it's Your favor that was prophesied long ago, that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And now with Jesus living in our hearts, it's our reality. The grace life is now ours. It's here, it's come, it's, it's with us. So God, we just thank you right now for your grace. God, we just, come on, why don't you just say thank you right now. God, we thank you for your grace today. Lord, we thank you that you're here and you're working. And we, we pray this week that we would see it all over again. Give us new sight, new revelation of your grace today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's sing together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you. 
and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.